Hello, and welcome back to the Business of Show Business podcast with me, your host, Jamie Boddy. Unpacking the skills needed for the entertainment and creative industries and celebrating those already in them. I also want to say a quick thank you for all of the lovely feedback I got on last week's episode, The Freelancers Toolkit. It focuses on the skills we need to be freelancers and the entrepreneurial traits we have, even if we don't know we have them. In today's episode, I'm joined by New York voiceover expert, Marissa Dagahi. After a very successful career stateside, she is now here in London and has set up her own voiceover business. She gives us an inside look at what is needed to be a voiceover actor, but she also tackles the transferable value of our skills and how you need to be a business as a performer and creative. On today's episode of the Business of Show Business podcast, I am joined by a New York voiceover expert who's now jumped over the pond to set up a successful voiceover business here in the UK. Her background has seen her go from performer to casting associate to voiceover expert. I'm joined by the lovely Marissa Dagahi. How are you doing, Marissa? Hello, I am doing well, all things considered. (laughs) It's funny for us to then be like, we're now on business chat because we've known each other since 2011. We met at Tokyo Disney. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm like, let's not be silly. Let's be serious. We're doing a podcast. So. Yes, doing a podcast. <laughs> um, so obviously, um, with everything that's going on in the world right now, if you are listening in real time, it is May 2020. Um, so we are still in this COVID 19 time. So we are doing this um, interview online. So if there's any breakouts in the internet, that is why. But Marissa, how are you doing at the moment during this uncertain new time? Yeah, it's such a crazy time. Um, Well, you know, luckily, everyone in my life that I love is healthy. So that's the most important thing. Um, Business wise, I, you know, it's so interesting, because I thought that when this all happened, I wouldn't be working for months. I just kind of accepted that. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to be working for months. And uh, interestingly, there has actually been a lot of voiceover work. um, And a lot of it is COVID related. Um, whether it's, you know, teaching kids how to do online learning or, you know, talking about teaching a business how to transition their business from, you know, in person to online. Um, there is a lot of voiceover work out there, surprisingly, uh, which I've been very happy about. And uh, I'm I'm really glad I have a home studio because I've been able to do it all from home. And uh, I think that going through all of this, I think it's going to change the voiceover business. Um, The voiceover business has been changing a lot. I mean, I've been doing this since 2008 and I've seen it change over time. Um, And right now is a perfect example of how it's going to change the business even more. Um, I think a lot, I think it was heading in the direction of everything being recorded from home, but now we have no choice. Um, So unfortunately, I think, I, you know, I think it could put a lot of recording studios out of business because a lot of companies are going to say, well, why are we spending money on recording studios when a lot of voiceover actors have home studios um, and are able to record at home? So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's definitely affected the industry um, in, you know, I don't know if it's a positive or negative way, but it's, it's just changed. Um, Like I think everything. Yeah, completely. Even the same for me um, with like presenting a lot of that is 
even if they're not necessarily going ahead straight away with an online project, they are putting feelers out to be like, who can record this at home? What is your home studio setup like? And I know we will jump into that a lot more as this episode goes on. Yeah. But just in a nutshell, I kind of want to jump into your background because I think you have such an interesting background. Like you went to the fame school in New York and then yes, you worked in the fame. Um, so can you a bit for the listeners out there who may not know of you yet which I don't know why they don't but if they don't (laughs) can you tell us a bit more about your journey because it's so interesting from um obviously being in the arts from a young age working stateside both as a performer voiceover expert and a casting associate and then actually coming over here and kind of doing a bit of everything until you've now found more of a drive and purpose with the voiceover work so can you tell us a bit more about Dagahi? Um, yes, I feel like, yeah, I've, I've lived many lives. Um, I, <laughs> I did go to the fame school in New York City, um, and I studied acting there. And then I went to Ithaca College and studied acting and musical theater uh, with the dream of being on Broadway. And uh, when I graduated, I worked a lot in New York. I worked regionally. I toured. I, you know, I worked in Tokyo, Tokyo Disney. Um, and I did the whole musical theater gypsy life of, you know, acting, touring, um, and then eventually fell into voiceover. It was always something that I was interested in, um, but I just didn't know how to get into it. Um, and then, uh, I saw that there was a casting director teaching a voiceover workshop on the focused on commercials. And I immediately signed up for it because that I felt like that was, you know, I I wanted to learn. Um, so I, I did that. And through that class, I met, uh, my agent. I, I didn't sign with him until a year later. Um, but I met him in that workshop and, um, you know, luckily I, I was slowly building relationships with casting directors in the industry. Um, and then after signing with him, that's when my, I feel like my voiceover career really started. Um, and, you know, again, like the industry back then, back then, 2008, I mean, it was a long time ago, though, um, 2008, uh, you know, you really could rely on your agents um, to get you a lot of auditions and work. You know, I would have, you know, six auditions a day that I would either have to go into in person or record from home. Um, sometimes there were multiple bookings in a day for jobs and I had to go into the recording studio. And I've seen that change a lot. Um, you know, now you can't really just rely on your agent to get you work. Um, there are a lot of, uh, websites out there that are these pay to play sites that, um, basically you, you pay a, a premium for a year and then you can put your voiceover reels out there and they send you auditions and get work. You know, I think those, those companies came along and changed the industry. Uh, there was a lot of, in the States you have to, you either become a part of the union or you're non-union. And I was a part of the union and a lot of the work started going non-union. So that changed the industry. Um, So you kind of adapt as it goes on. And so I started the industry really relying on my agent. And now I'm at a point where I'm grateful to have an agent. Um, I actually have a few agents. That's that's also the thing. You have to have multiple agents all over the world. Um, And that's the great thing about voiceover is that you can. You can have an agent in Chicago, New York, and London, and Paris. Um, 
And so, yeah, I'm grateful to have agents, but I also have to do a lot of my own work where, you know, I'm marketing myself, I'm getting myself out there to direct clients um, if I want to be a full-time voiceover artist. Um, so, so anyway, I went off on a bit of a tangent there. No, but- I loved it. <laughs> Well, and I think it's what I think will be an interesting takeaway for the listeners is the fact of that. I think quite often when we go to a um, a full time musical theatre college or university, there's kind of that the A B path of I will graduate and be on the West End or Broadway, or I will be in TV, or I will be a cruise ship performer. Like, there's so many avenues of work in this industry, and sometimes you have to do some to maybe realise that's not for me, or actually. Mm. I am working more in this. Should I pursue this where I'm actually making the money instead of trying to keep going after that thing that's maybe not clicking right now? So for you, how was it tackling maybe that mindset of swapping from more on stage to going behind the screens? Because obviously with voiceover, typically you are recording from home, like you said, or you're in a studio with probably, I don't know, one or two other staff members who are doing it. So how... How was that process of going from on stage Mm -hmm. to behind stage? Yeah, you know, I mean, I do believe that you should pursue your dreams. And obviously, it's never going to be easy along the way, right? There's going to be a lot of obstacles. But I think with um, performing, um, with doing, you know, acting, musical theater, for me, I think I just fell out of love with it. Um, You know, of course, doing the show was the best part of it, right? Like being on stage or being behind the camera was so much fun. But the journey getting there for me made me fall out of love with it. Um, So at a certain point, I just kind of said to myself, I don't really, I don't love this as much anymore. Um, So my dreams changed. And then I just had to ask myself, well, what do I enjoy? And what is, what seems to flow in my life right now? And I was at a point where voiceover jobs were flowing to me and not because it was just luck. I was working hard at it. I mean, I was constantly, I was doing training. I was coaching. I was meeting different um, casting directors in the business. Um, I was, you know, constantly doing email marketing and all that. So I, I worked hard for it to flow to me, but I was also working hard to get acting work and it wasn't flowing as easily to me. Um, So at a certain point, yeah, I just had to ask myself, like, what do I want to focus on? Um, And what do I love? What makes me happy? And at that point it was, it was doing voiceover. And so I went with that and um, that's when the work even started to flow to me more. When I really said to myself, I'm going to focus on this 100%. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, and I love the fact there that it takes. I think it takes quite a while in our careers to maybe become okay with that and not just chasing what um, the industry's perception is or what your peers are or what you think you should be doing, but actually thinking I want to do this. Um, so I thank you for being so authentic. There, I love that when you were just like, yeah, you you almost had to have those moments of not to say doubt, but those moments you're like, this is not resonating with me anymore. However, mm-hmm. I've still got these skills that I can use in another part of the industry, mm-hmm. um, which is fab. So have you found, um, cause obviously through your segue into the voice connoisseur you are, um, and for those listening, she's done the voice for all of Wendy, Wendy's, Yaz, Nivea, Starbucks, Spotify, um, 
so many i can't even name all of them because <laughs> i i actually lived with marissa for two months in new york oh gosh 2014 yeah and i remember yeah. one day we were going out for the day and it was right we were downtown you're like actually i've just got a last minute audition so i'm just gonna pop into the studio and record and then we were like they're in midtown you know like, i'm just gonna pop home to my studio and record this audition and then we were somewhere else you're like my mum has got a studio i'm gonna pop in there and i was like okay <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but in this segue to doing what you do now you obviously spend a bit of time in casting both New York side and then when you initially moved here because that was your a, a good skill set you did some casting here um mm-hmm. with like Killing Eve season three and stuff how have you found mm-hmm. the skills from being an actress have they been transferable through the world of casting and then now into voiceover because I think sometimes as performers we sadly only see value in our skills either on stage or in an audition room when actually they have so much more value Oh, yeah. Um, Well, I mean, in terms of how acting helps me as a voiceover artist, I mean, I think anybody that's getting into voiceovers needs acting training um, or, you know, improv classes um, that voiceover voiceover acting is acting. Right. It's it's just it's the same principles, you know, being truthful, real honest, like that, those are the same qualities you need, um, to be a good voiceover artist. Um, so my acting training, yeah, I mean, I use it constantly in, in doing voiceovers, um, whether it's like, you know, getting the emotion there or the physicality, um, I like the voice training that I did in acting school, all of those things have helped me become a successful voiceover artist. Um, and then with casting, um, I also, I, I kind of just want to say how I, how I got into casting. Um, <laughs> so again, one of my many lives. Um, so when I was in New York, um, the industry started to change, uh, and I kind of touched upon this earlier, but it started to change where a lot of the work became non-union and I was a union actor, so I couldn't do any of the union work. Um, and majority of work was union. And so, again, I had to ask myself, okay, well, how am I going to adapt to this? Um, and I I fell into the casting world by meeting someone um, who, in a voiceover workshop, who put me in touch with casting directors. Um, it was one of the biggest casting offices in New York. Um, they did on-camera commercials and voiceover. And so I thought, well, that's that would be so much fun to do that alongside my voiceover work because I would learn so much from actors um, and I could also, you know, build a relationship with casting directors as well. And um, as soon as I started working there, I just loved it. I loved working with actors. Um, I loved getting to direct them. And, you know, my acting training helped me just have an understanding for, you know, how to direct actors, how to work with actors. Um, I knew exactly what it felt like coming into the room and feeling vulnerable and, you know, feeling nervous. I just, I, that acting experience that I had really helped me become a good casting director, casting associate, um, because I just, I knew what it was to, I, I knew what it was like to, to audition. Um, I knew that feeling. Um, and it helped me be able to direct them in a way that was going to get the best performance out of them. Yeah. Yeah, No, and I love that. And I think again, like every job I've done, I've learned skills that I've take that I've been able to take with me to then get another job, like 
when I was obviously trained as a dancer, a musical theatre performer, then going into like arts marketing and journalism, journalism and presenting, I never thought, oh, the skills I learned whilst in a dance class actually helped me outside of that. But yes, it's like picking up and retaining information, fake it till you make it, dressing well, mm-hmm. being eager. Like there's so many things you're like, ah, oh, this helps. Yeah. Um, so obviously at, at the moment during this, un, I feel like I'm a newsreader when I keep saying this uncertain times because that's one of the words they keep saying, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, but it's probably highlighted what as performers we can and can't do at home. So whether you are singer, dancer, actor, voiceover, author, photographer, whatever it is, now is highlighted what we can do in real life and what we can't. And something you said earlier is something I like to say as well to performers, like your online and offline presence need to match. So what you have to offer in real life, in that audition, in networking, is that clear online? So even if you can't do the dance job, because it's obviously you can't do that in your living room, have you unpacked all of the skills you have clearly online so they match up and that you become as employable? And I think you obviously said there as well about working from home and being online. So at this moment in time, you were saying the voiceover industry is still working and a lot of performers could tap into this once they've had the proper training. So can you kind of go through what you offer, obviously, as a coach, an expert to help people get that work at this time, and then maybe how they go about building a home studio or whatever. This is your expert, your area of expertise. So you teach me. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, it definitely, you know, I think a lot of people are unfortunately out of work right now, um, you know, actors, freelancers, um, and many others. Um, so I think a lot of them are now looking to voiceovers to make quick money. And I just have to say, it doesn't work like that. Um, it's not, you're not going to make quick money with voiceovers. Um, it takes a lot of time and commitment to get there. Um, so I would say if you're just starting out in voiceover right now, um, if this, if that's something that you've always been interested in, um, be in it for the long haul. And that's not a bad thing. Like you have time. There's no rush. Um, This is a great time to get coaching and training. And a lot of people are offering online coachings. Um, I I also offer online coaching as well right now, um, one-on-one, and I'm going to start doing group sessions as well. Um, And I focus primarily on commercial uh, commercial voiceover because I feel like that's my area of expertise. That's what I started in. That's probably the most work I've done. And um, with my casting experience working in commercials and voiceover, I also bring that to the table as well in my coaching. Um, so so training is the most important. Um, so start with that if you're thinking about getting into voiceover. Um, and then from there, you want to eventually make a reel. So all of this training that you're doing is, you know, leading up to creating your reel at some point when you're ready. And that's not after three weeks of training or, you know, even a month of training, you know, you have to, you have to put in the time and you'll know when you're ready. Um, And also I'd like to say, sorry about training and coaching. If you're going to coach with someone, um, just make sure that you are coaching with somebody that is working in the business, whether that's a voiceover artist who is consistently working or it's someone who's a casting director um, or someone that someone that works in the industry. Um, so, yeah, I just want to put side note. Um, yes. And then the next step would be to make your reel. Um, and there are a number of different studios that do that. I 
I would not recommend making your own reel at home. I think that it's important to, this is an investment in your career and your reel is your calling card. Um, So I think it's really important to have a solid reel um, that's going to market you well. Um, And then the next step after that would, of course, yeah, try to get an agent. And that's easier said than done. And like, this is, this can be a, a, like a five-year process. Um, Maybe not, but, you know, depending on your, your skills and your level, it can take a long time. Um, And I just want to say that because I think, yeah, I think a lot of people think, oh, voiceover, I can do it as like a side hustle and it's like easy money. But, and of course you can do voiceover part-time. It's definitely possible, but you still have to put in that commitment. Um, So, yeah. And then, you know, as I said in the beginning uh, of the podcast, uh, I think it's going to be more and more important to have a home studio and, I think a lot of I think a lot of clients and jobs are going to be done um, from home now, uh, so I think um, you know you don't have to invest a lot of money in a home studio uh, these days. You can you know you can get a good USB mic, and as long as you have a pretty good soundproof room, um, it should work okay. Um, but again, that you know that that's that's stuff that doesn't need to be done right away. This is when you're ready to you know to start auditioning and to start working as a voiceover artist. Um, so so yeah. So and then you know what I can offer you. Um, so I like I said I I focus on commercial voiceover and. I teach people how to approach commercial copy. So we work on the commercial read. Um, We work on different types of reads. Uh, A lot of people think that voiceover is just reading words on paper. And it's so much more than that. You have to make the copy come alive if you're going to be someone who's booking consistently. And I teach people how to do that through my experience doing voiceovers for over a decade now. And then also from my experience casting, because I know what the clients are looking for. That's great because as performers, I think this is quite a broad statement, so this is not to offend anyone, but I think especially in the UK, we spend so much time and money going to a three-year musical theatre programme. So then when we graduate, we think that's it. But actually, no, there's so much work to be had. And obviously that is based on your what you're doing and your capacity, your money and all of that. But I think, that, as you said, this is an investment. You are trying to build a career. And there are so many avenues to this industry that can open up for you if you just invest that time. So you probably wouldn't go to a dance call if you've only had three hours of dance training in your life. Or you wouldn't yeah. go to a singing audition if you've only had three singing lessons in your life. Right. Granted, there probably are some people that would do that. But um, it's like with voiceover, mm-hmm. like you can't then expect to be the next voice for um, a bank card commercial or Colgate if you've not invested that time in learning learn your trade. So I think that's one thing for every listener out there. You might even have a microphone from singing. Great, use it, but do invest in a coach, in a mentor. Um, so no, I think you were very honest there, Marissa, which is great. And like, it is... You're building a career. It's not a flash in the pan. It's long-term yeah. investing. Yeah. You're building a business. You know, you're, you are your own business owner. You're an entrepreneur. So you have to invest in it like that. Yeah. Um, and if anyone came to my um, hashtag branding creatives masterclass at the beginning of 2020 in January, Marissa was a guest panelist um, when I was talking about the entertainment industry. So 
you may have already heard her voice um and that's why i'm so glad to get you on here and i think there's definitely some synergy in what we do in the fact of we both understand that as you said it is a business you are no longer just a performer you have to be you're your own ceo your chief finance officer you're in charge of marketing publicity mm-hmm. everything so how would you can you tackle maybe more on the voiceover business aspect of it now and how people need to maybe put themselves out there or contact people? Obviously, you don't have to give us all your tips and tricks because hopefully listeners will think Mar- Marissa is worth investing in as a coach. But is there anything or anything you maybe see people do wrong which takes them out of the running before they even get going? Well, I think people what people do wrong is just get into it thinking they're going to get rich quick and don't invest in any training or, you know, and, or or they get into it and they think, oh, I can just rely on my agent or I can just rely on the pay to play websites. Um, and, uh, you know, I said in the beginning that the business has changed and you can't just rely on that anymore. Um, you you really have to be good at marketing and being a business owner. And so um, I think having a website is really important if you're serious about being a voiceover artist. Um, I think that, you know, direct marketing and contacting leads every single day is super important. I think, um, you know, social media, it's, it's important. You've got to get yourself out there um, in this industry, whether you like it or not, it is important to have a social media presence. Um, I'm not great about posting every day, but it's something that I'm working on. You know, I think we're, I, I'm still, I'm still learning and I'm still growing as a voiceover artist. And for me, marketing is something that I'm really trying to focus on these days because I'm seeing that it's just, it's more and more, it's getting more and more important um, if you're going to be a sustainable voiceover artist. And I think, you're a testament to that as well because you spent the majority of your life because how long have you been in London a year and a half almost two years now yeah Yeah. so I think the fact that you spent and built a career and business up stateside you're a testament to what you do because you've come over here within a year and a half you have helped um even the casting front which isn't your main hustle you've cast some massive tv shows for like BBC and Netflix but then as a voiceover artist you are you're getting so much work here now. Granted, you didn't get here in the first week and book all these commercials. You worked hard. But within the, mm-hmm. to think of a year and a half ago to now, you've done so well. And I think that's why listeners, it just goes to show if you market yourself correctly and your online presence is authentic and shows your skills, mm-hmm. you can work. For you, what does success and rejection look like? So as a performer, you go in, you, you'll get cut from an audition, so it's quite clear maybe what the rejection is and obviously the success is booking a job. But for you, it's a lot different as a voiceover. So what what is maybe what does um, success and rejection look like as a voiceover artist? Mm, OK, um, I think success in the voiceover industry is, well, obviously, you know, booking <laughs> booking work, um, and booking work consistently. And, you know, of course the industry climate changes all the time. Like there are times when it's a slow period. Um, and during, and I think that that the success during that period is, are you staying committed to it? Are you working at it every single day? Are you, you know, sending those marketing emails? Are you, you know, getting in touch with casting directors? Are you posting on social media? Um, are you on your game, um, with the industry? So, um, so I think success is 
staying committed to it. Oh, I love yeah. that. Um, yeah. Because again, you're not equating necessarily the success to the end journey which is great obviously you want that paid work you want that but I think um I had a guest on the other week called Graham Pickering who's a casting associate and choreographer and he was saying opportunity is success like even just getting in the room with someone is a form of success so I think what you said there is in is in line with that I think also you have a very unique perspective because New York it's kind of like London, but like dialed up because it's it is literally twenty four hours. It's nonstop. So, what for you? It might be quite eye opening or ear opening for listeners. Is maybe the differences you find stateside, maybe even as a performer, but also as a voiceover, um, as a cog in the voiceover world in New York. To then come into London, are there any clear differences maybe in um, marketing or, or uh, etiquette or the amount of work because I know stateside when you used to work casting sometimes you would see like over 100 people a day wouldn't you yeah definitely um yeah I think in states it's definitely um quantity over quality <laughs> uh not that there are there aren't great quality actors in the states there are absolutely super talented uh, actors in the states but um yeah it's kind of about hitting those numbers so you can see 150 people in a day whereas here that's pretty rare um i think it can happen but you're more likely to see you know 50 people at most for like a commercial audition um and then even less for tv and film it can be you know 20 people in a day yeah um but with voiceover uh, the differences are are very big actually um the markets are are just two completely different beasts um you know like i said in new york it's you, there are still in person auditions that happen there are still in person bookings um and and in new york i had to audition for every single job that i did whereas here um you're booked off your reel so I hardly audition. Uh, these days, I'm actually auditioning a lot more because because of what's going on. Um, but most of the time, I'm just booked off my reel. Um, so that's why I also say, you know, it's super important to invest in a good reel because it's your calling card. It's what's going to get you work. Um, so I, I would say those are the two biggest differences. And then um, the union that that's also a huge difference um here you can do there's no like union work or non-union work you can do any work um the pay is different uh but it's still good there's still a lot of work um but because of the union rules it's just you can you have to make a certain amount of money if you're if you're a union member um and uh the etiquette in voiceover i'm trying to think well, I would say the etiquette, it, it, just these little things. Um, for voiceover jobs here, there's always like a table and chair set up. So you're like expected to sit down doing the voiceover. Whereas in the U.S., there's never a table and chair. You're just expected <laughs> to stand up. But the, it's it's funny because I'm very physical as a voiceover actor when I'm behind the mic. So I always say, you know, when I go into a job, I'm like, do you mind if I stand up for this one? <laughs> It's funny, like I just have to. I'm like I have to stand up. I have to like use my body, um, and and that's always okay. You know, you can always ask the audio engineer. Like this is what I need. This is this is what's going to get the best performance out of me, as long as you do it in a nice way. Um, so those are just little things. Also, uh, another good thing is you always get tea and biscuits in a session here. 
<laughs> I love that. I love that part. That is such a British thing, isn't it? I love that you get tea biscuits in vocal. <laughs> um, I love that. So, Marissa, you are a fabulous singer, um, and you still do sing. On, you do still sing on the side, whether it's um, at a gig or session singing, things like that. Have you found that maybe exercising the voiceover muscle? Um, that skill set still crosses over to you as a vocalist. So vocal health is still there. Your breathing techniques are still there because I, I just want people to realize that you can, you don't, you're not detracting from you being a singer if you do voiceover work or vice versa. No. Yeah. I, I use um, the techniques that I used in my voice training, like as a singer in voiceover all the time. Um, in fact, actually with coaching lately, I've been working with a lot of people on breathing um, and, and like, that's all stuff that I realized. I just kind of assumed like, oh, everyone knows how to breathe correctly, whatever. But, but actually I've been bringing a lot of my singing training to the voiceover coaching lately, um, because of breath work. Um, and, uh, and, and also with voiceover, especially with commercial copy, it's, it's very musical. Um, like there is a musicality to a commercial script. So my singing training has definitely helped with bringing that to a commercial read for sure. Yeah. I also want to backtrack that because I was remembering a story because you know you said about the unions in the States and like, I remember you saying you went to like, was it an EPA when you um, gashed open your head? Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. It wasn't an EPA. It was a... <laughs> It was a voiceover audition um, and I went in and I was in the bathroom and I put my stuff down on the floor and I just like whipped my hair back up and real and, and there was a hand dryer above my head <laughs> and I just gashed the back of my head. Didn't, didn't know it. I thought, oh, that, that kind of hurt. But then I walked out <laughs> into the audition room and all the actors were like mortified. They were just like, oh. <gasps> there's blood coming out of your head. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I get like basically cracked my head open on a hand dryer in a bathroom at an audition. And I felt okay. So I was like, still like, I just, can I still audition? But they're like, no, we have to take you to an emergency room to make sure you don't have a concussion. So like one of the assistants like took me in a taxi to the hospital. Yeah, from an audition. That was a fun day. Yeah. So that's what it takes, kids. If you want to be a voiceover artist, yeah. that's what it takes. Same, same. <laughs> yeah. So what advice would you have liked to have known when you were younger, maybe about the industry? So what would like maybe 15-year-old Marissa Degahi going to her singing lessons. What advice do you wish you had known when you were younger? Mm. I would say, I would say so, some of the advice that I wish I had known is you have time. I think a lot of, I know that's very simple, but I think a lot of actors and voiceover actors, freelancers think, no, I need it done now. I need it done now. I, I want it. I want to be there now. Whereas you need to put the time and effort in to be successful. And I just wish that I would have known that because I think it would have saved me from being, you know, you know, frustrated and stressed out and feeling like, Oh, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And, um, it's like, no, I had to go through those things. I had to go through those struggles to get where I am today. Um, so Short-term pain, long-term gain. <laughs> yes, I, I wish, love that. I wish I knew that. 
And kind of going off that, are there any like quotes or mantras then that you maybe try to implement on a daily or weekly basis or anything that kind of, if you're ever feeling a bit lost in the industry or that kind of kept you on track? Yeah, I mean, I would say this is appropriate to the times now is that out of darkness, there always comes light. Um, and I, you know, you can apply that to your career. You can apply that to your personal life. Um, you can apply it to what's going on right now is that, you know, all of this, I mean, not to say, not to sound trite and say like everything happens for a reason, but I think it's all how you look at it. And, you know, right now, like, how are you using your time? Like we, we have to be home all day right now. How are you using that time? Um, you know, are you using it to be creative? Are you using it to train, uh, you know, do online classes and learn? Um, are you using it to, uh, you know, keep, yeah, just keep up with your craft? That links something I always say to my clients is that like time is your biggest currency. So you do not give it to people or to jobs that don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And I think what you just said there is true. Like, and on the flip side of that, though, it's okay to have rest and downtime. Like, because I know Absolutely. we're both quite workaholics, and that's one thing. When you are your own business, you are kind of always going, but mm-hmm. learning to like rest. Where so your time doesn't always have to be invested in work, 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 work. Yeah, like, invest it. the time into relaxing. Because obviously, especially for you, Marissa, yeah. as a as a as a vocal artist, things probably um, affect your voice, don't they? Like, I'm terrible like i was it i had one audition song putting on the ritz so i'd go into audition and if they were like can we have a rock pop song i'd be like put it on the ritz and they're like can we have a legit song and i'd be like put it on the ritz i'm like put it on the ritz and i would just do it at a different tempo so can you maybe tell us like are there things that you think maybe like affect vocal health or things that performers should if they're wanting to go into voice work is there something they should do more of or do less of Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, just taking care of yourself. Um, and again, right now is like the perfect time to focus on that. Cause like, what else are you doing? <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, with vocal health, I mean, you know, again, like how are you breathing right now? Like that, like breath is so important in the voice, in like your voice work. Um, are you supporting your voice? Um, so, you know, doing learning breathing exercises, um, just keeping yourself physically fit, um, that has an effect on your voice. So, you know, taking care of your body and, you know, not necessarily like working out super hard, but like, you know, going for a walk, um, doing vocal exercises, um, eating healthy, just like taking care of yourself. All of these things are going to help you help your vocal health um and your overall health so one thing i think you highlight marissa is the how like being multifaceted by being so multifaceted you are employable but then also what you've done on the flip side is that you've tried all of these things to then find out what you not necessarily, not necessarily what you're good at but what utilizes your skill what makes you money and also what makes you happy so mm-hmm. would you say to performers that it's worth maybe trying lots of different things or following your heart sometimes, maybe instead of like just your head or what, what, what appears as you should do, or you don't have to go to every audition if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that um, you don't know that you are, you would want to do something if it like makes you happy or unhappy until you take action and do it. 
Um, so I forget there is a quote like clarity comes from taking action. It's, there's a quote that it's something along those lines. Um, and it's so true because, you know, I always say to people that are interested in voiceover coaching, I say, just do it a few times. I mean, once it's always going to be, one time is always going to be uncomfortable, right? The first time getting into something. So like, let's do the first one, get through that. And then I think if you don't like it by the third time, if it's, if you're just feeling like this isn't for me and you'll know that, then you say, okay, you know what? That's not for me. But I do think it's so important to try as many different things as you can, um, to, to get clarity about what makes you happy. And I think what I love with that as well is that like, if you say your trajectory or what you think is your trajectory is acting, and then maybe that doesn't bring you the happiness you wanted or the money you wanted. There's still so many other things in the arts that you can use your skills and that you can still keep doing things on the side as like a little side hustle or a hobby. And I think, cause you could have easily become a full-time casting um, associate with putting in the time if you wanted to, or stayed hustling as a performer. I think you have had the courage to, try things, acknowledge what you did and didn't like, which I think is so lovely. So I think any listeners out there who are maybe, um, maybe because of COVID-19 and you're uncertain of your career, what work to go back into, or you're naturally just thinking of other things to find happiness and money, it can be done. Yes, definitely. Go for it. Um, <laughs> go for try it. it. And Marissa, try it. And Marissa, where can people find you online, your website? Um, it's a fab website. And you've probably heard Marissa's voice somewhere on something you don't even necessarily realize, like on <laughs> Spotify or something. And now you're like, that's who she is. And um, so where can people find you online and how can they maybe book onto a coaching session? Yeah. So my website is marissavoiceovers.com. So that's M-A-R-I-S-A voiceovers.com. And um, you can book a one-on-one coaching session or um, I'm offering a group session right now. So you can book that through my website. Um, and then uh, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm at Marissa Dargahi. It's a very complicated name. Um, M-A-R-I-S-A D-A-R-G-A-H-I. And I'm at Marissa Dargahi on Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. Is that actually why you stopped performing? Because you didn't want people to um, say your name wrong when you had to step forward. It's true. I just, I couldn't <laughs> do it anymore. <laughs> I, uh, I actually get, changed um... my name for a while. I had a, I had Marissa DeVetta for a while. Uh, yep. Yep. Oh, sounds yeah, so like sordid. Yeah, um, yeah. I even find with my last name, which is obviously Body, B O D Y, and in auditions and people will be like, Bodie. So I'm like, oh God, like, yeah, and like if it was an, wrong. if it was an audition that would go really well, I'd have a bit of bounce with it. And I'm like, it's actually body, but call me what you want. But then if the audition was going really bad, I would just like bow my head and step forward. I was like, okay, I'm Bodhi <laughs> no. today. <laughs> you know you know Marissa thank you so much for taking the time for today and also I think diving into the world of voiceover because as you said a due to COVID that's probably one of the only ways of work at the moment maybe for um, performers but also I think so many people would think about going into voiceover and not know what's involved. So they might actually think, oh, it's not worth it. Or I don't have a 500 pound budget to spend on a kit where like, as you said, you don't need to spend all of that right now. You're not going to go from one session into booking a national commercial, like you've got to invest in yourself. So I think, thank you so much for taking the time to 
go behind the scenes with it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me and uh, stay safe and healthy, everyone. A big shout out to Marissa for all of that amazing advice she shared. Do go and give her a follow on social media and sign up for her coaching session if it is something you feel interests you. If you have enjoyed today's episode, why not head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and rating. Those ratings really help podcasts to get discovered and I would love to try and help as many creatives, performers and freelancers as I can. Tune in next week for another episode and a little little insider knowledge for you. Next week's episode is a bonus special on mental health in the arts so you don't want to miss it. See you then.